And there came a day. A day unlike... Wait. No, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Hey folks, your friendly neighborhood Alex here. Thanks again for your patience getting out the second part of our favorite comics of 2021. With no further ado, we're going to jump right back in where we left off. Round of four. We are returning now to Black Widow, which was Brian's number seven and is also one of J.D. and Angela's picks. Yes. It took a long ass hiatus because 13 just came out like two or three weeks ago. Look, if the price we have to pay for that good, good Elena Casagrande art is waiting, I will pay that price every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every every three months, yeah. <laughs> uh, However, this last one wasn't Elena Casagrande, though. Yeah. That was, it was a different artist because there's a flashback issue. Oh, well, I'm behind. You know there's going to be a Kelly Thompson book on, on my yeah. list. Yeah. 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 Uh, there should be a kelly thompson book on everybody's list let's be fair uh, yeah some of yeah. us some of us strategized and knew there would be on three other lists and left off to be clear i make my list before i let anyone send me theirs yeah. so i do this blind know. i am just betting on you guys picking oh, you certain know. books you're just a really oh. great guesser yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i Very mean black widow's gotta be on there that, the whole, and and what this book does that i think black widow has has not always done is it gives her the supporting cast that you can really buy into and that she needs in order to i think to be successful yes mm-hmm. right yeah uh i remember w- uh the second time alex and i had ever recorded together uh we discussed the mark wade chris somni black widow run and that was when alex was yelling at me like you have to read the kelly thompson ongoing it is so good mm-hmm. and I think like even though that that book works really, really well, what it is lacking is that supporting cast. I mean, we do have Bucky there. We have and we have a smattering of other characters who show up, but overall it is like a full on solo series for Natasha. This, however, we get like a she gets she gets her own team. Yeah. yeah. And it's the other thing. I was going to say, the other thing I think that it's important about it is it's not Bucky or Clint who, in spite of the fact, have their own like following and bring their own thing to the story, even if they're supposed to be supporting cast. Yeah. And the characters that she has in there now really don't do that that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Clinton, like Clinton, Bucky are there. Sure. And, and they're, and they're kind of a part of the team, but they're only a part of the team in like a very pat and like a very passive right way whereas like you have yelena there's the white widow and you have uh, uh I, I think spider girl anya corazon anya yeah, yeah, yeah. yep yeah i'm, I'm which I, I don't is she still using the spider girl moniker i think so yeah it's like i don't know and then and, I, and also someone else that they've that they've picked up from this mm-hmm. uh this was you know this uh awful organization thing yeah yeah, and they they've they've 
they've taken her in and, and taken her under their wing and they're training her and they're oh, and, and well, yeah, also I, tried to prevent her from not dying because her powers yeah, make her powers were killing her mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and like so yeah this black widow is just so goddamn and, good. and the the dynamic of natasha and yelena being kind of like the two parents of this group yeah mm-hmm. are is just fantastic mm-hmm. Uh, yes but then also even like even though i don't think it was released in 2021 the first the first just the first arc of like where it's uh it's natasha under like this weird like mind control but also not where it's like it's comics it's weird but like she she thinks she has a family and she does legitimately love them but it's real that it was faked by a villain to try to kill her uh, all of the villains get so together he, they yeah. all get together and pull a maria hill and convince her she has an idyllic life and is not in fact a superhero correct yeah, yeah. And, which and uh, that could have been that could have been so bad it could have been handled it could have been handled so poorly but it was handled with it's heartbreaking yeah it was because like because I, at the at the end of it it's like it's very much established like okay like yes these are all implanted memories but like i still legitimately feel this way about uh this guy and like i would like to have the chance to like actually have moments because like there's the initial memories are planted but then like she's just living there for like what like six nine months Mm -hmm. uh with him and like enjoying it like legitimately like having a really good life um and then she has to put them in hiding yeah and like clinton bucky like they have the conversation of like should we even like do anything about this because she's happy for once right yeah like do we even but then they discover like oh no like like she's if if we don't do anything she's going to die and like these two people that she has grown to love are also going to die which and uh, we're not going to let that happen which i mean the guy is just like some random guy that they find yeah but that that is actually natasha's son yeah like that is actually blood natasha's son yeah. Can, uh, can I can I say if you if you've got a really delicate situation that you need to resolve and you know that it could be written in a way that's not going to get received well that Kelly Thompson may want to be your first phone call in and and writing that. Well, I I was about to say something similar. I think the thing that she does maybe better than anyone else writing for the big 2 right now. Mhm is finding just that perfect eye of the needle in writing about trauma in a way that is not traumatic in a way that is not just trauma porn yeah it's Mm -hmm. the same thing we talked about when rogue came back and met you know uh uh, captain marvel right well and i think those issues were great the best example of it to me still is the very subtle tonal difference between how she wrote Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and how Bendis wrote Jessica Jones. If you asked me what is the one Jessica Jones story I should read, I'm going to hand you Kelly Thompson's mm-hmm. because I think while it is every bit as heavy, it is not, it never feels heavy for the sake of being heavy. It feels like everything is intentional and that it, those those beats those heavier things the trauma in the story is treated with respect and is treated in a way that is 
about working through it in a fairly realistic way. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic book. Everybody go read it. Yeah. Mamo. I'm going to talk about Mamo because that feels like less of a hard pivot than going to the X books off of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I feel like this book has not gotten the attention it deserves. I am going to pitch it now. And at least one person on this call, JD, is going to immediately say, fuck, I need to order that. Are you ready? Please. Sure. Young Hedgewitch has to come back to her hometown and clean up messes after her grandmother dies. And also there's queer romance. And the style is so, so, so very Studio Ghibli. Fuck, I have to order this right now. <laughs> not kidding. I'm ordering like 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 I'm ordering He's, it right the now. The trade's not out JD's yet. JD's got the JD's got the phone out. Trades like April or May. Sorry. Um I can pre-order. Yeah, you can you can pre-order. You can pre-order. Boy. Um <laughs> I picked this up just kind of on a whim, knowing very little about it because I dug the art style. It is Written, you know I, drawn, colored, lettered by Sass Millage, who is... Yeah, I, I've got the first issue. I bought, I picked it up, and I think that's right when I kind of tape, yeah. tapered off. And, like, I don't think I've read it yet, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've got this. And, like, I'll say this. If you're coming at it because I said queer romance, like, slowest of slow burns, enjoy the ride getting there. It's very much one of those, are they going to kiss? It feels like they're going to kiss. They should probably kiss. It, it is a slow burn, but it is definitely there. Um, it is about like finding your place and finding like getting okay with the place where you were raised, even if you weren't raised well, or even if like it was hard, a hard place to be raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a part of you and a part of who you are and needing to own that personal history. Um, and like, family trauma still being a part of who you are and having to face that and not having to face that alone um and just again like i made the ghibli comparison because it's got those like bright colors and very natural pastoral magical vibes yeah i love it i dig it everyone needs to read it brian yeah you sent this to me as Krakoa. I wrote it down as Reign of X, but all the X books. That's it. Um, yeah, and, and I, honestly, I, we kind of covered the main thing I was going to talk about, and that's that I love that all of these, like just as series, as comics, all of these stories are good, okay? Yeah. Um, as a cohesive unit, um they it's almost like you know the the sum is greater than you know the 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 total is greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing yeah um what they have built in in krakoa as it stands at marvel now is nothing short of amazing to me yeah Um, i i feel like they're pulling off the trick that marvel originally did which is like having a line of books and then, like, having little references here and there to, like, stuff currently going on in the other books. Like, the, the Hellfire Gala this is year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an amazing trick they pulled out of their hat. Well, mechanically, it feels, it feels persistent. 
And yeah. what I mean by that, and I think this is what you're getting to, and Brian, where and, you were going. And consistent, by the way. Yeah. Like, they, it is as though there are, and Psylocke is a perfect example of this, mm-hmm. arcs planned for characters. And whether the book they're in continues or not, they're going to show up in another book. They're going to find a place, and those stories are going to happen and are going to evolve, regardless of kind of what the books that are there are. And that yeah. makes the world feel like this persistent thing that is ongoing. I mean, Silex started out in Fallen Angels, then wound up in Hellions, and is about to move to her third book and join the cast of Marauders when it relaunches in April. And it all feels natural and earned and, and you know, like growth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I really think that the, who is like the head editor of the X office? The did they, editor did they have a central editor. Do they have a central editor? The editor is Jordan White. Yeah. Uh, I, in terms of like, because I mean, I am way behind, but like I have read enough where it's like, I kind of want Jordan, Jordan Wright to be the next uh, Marvel editor in chief. Cause just like the juggling he is doing and, and making helping to coordinate all of these books yeah. is insane. I mean, him or Stephen Wacker, but you've had you've had Hickman kind of as the central figure too, mm-hmm. which I think is yeah. the other answer in that question. And he has stepped away, but it really sounds from the way everyone who writes in this office talks about it, like they've got a really great working relationship just communally at this point as a group. Well, I think it was important for him to set it all up yeah. and be there to get this ball rolling but it very very clearly is now and i get the impression that duggan and ben percy are kind of jointly the central figures now probably teeny howard as well because she consistently was kind of in the middle of everything building up the tin of swords and what's continuing with Otherworld in knights of tin or knights of x and that's the cool thing. It's almost, it, it, there's all these different threads that you can follow, but like, they're all still kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Like all the other world stuff, all of the Araco, you know, planet Araco stuff. I mean, the stuff that Al Ewing is doing, connecting X-Men to not just what else is going on on Earth in the Marvel Universe, but the literal goddamn universe as a whole. Yeah. Like, hello, Krakoan cryptocurrency is now the standard for the universe. No way that could be wrong yeah. or go wrong. Oh, yeah. Or, um, yeah, we're going to subtly manipulate uh, the succession of an entire species. Everyone should watch Dan Olson's, uh or... Uh, aka foldable humans two hour and 20 minute documentary that he just did on nfts and cryptocurrency also it i will be very clear cryptocurrency is an nft and the blockchain as a whole are a scam and abuse of our natural resources and mm. uh no no bad all bad don't do it yeah but if you I still want don't details actually know what an, i still don't actually know what an nft is and it's i'm trying scam. to keep it that way i'm it's trying to scam. keep it that way. <laughs> You, I'm trying you to buy you buy it's a, a pyramid link. scheme. No, we're not yeah. we're not giving it any more air. No. Uh we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh anything else on Reign of X, Brian? Um no, just uh all of the books are fantastic. Pick up any of them you want. Hey, have you met Captain Krakoa yet? <laughs> 
Captain Krakow. Uh, you know uh, how far behind I am. Okay. Round of three, the one round where all of us have different books. Oh, um, wow. Brian, I'm going to hold yours for last and use it to segue into our last interlude. Okay, I'm going to talk briefly about the autumnal because we talked about it quite a bit on the spooktacular. But it is one of my favorite recent horror books, uh, one of my obviously favorite books of 2021. It is about a woman and her daughter who moved back to a small town in New England where everyone is afraid of the leaves and everyone hated her mother. And it turns out maybe she and her mother have history with a ghost that kidnaps children and consumes them out of vengeance every year. Fuck, I do maybe this. Okay. Uh, it is gorgeous uh the artist on it is christian they are also the artist on house of slaughter now oh uh i that's a beautiful book yeah and this is too this is too cannot recommend it enough absolutely adore it and amazon refused to let it advertise there because they said the cover was too gruesome so buy it i want to look up this cover what buy it Buy it just despite Papa Jeff. It, I mean, look, it is a pretty gruesome cover. However, fuck the evil website and fuck Jeff Bezos because this is still an awesome cover. It's also gorgeous. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay, that is that is the autumnal. Buy it, read uh. it. Have I ever have I ever steered you wrong on horror comics? No, you haven't. You JD, haven't steered me wrong yet? Yes, I, I could partly see their point. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, if you don't like ice stuff, maybe be careful. Um, <laughs> uh, JD, Superman of the Authority. We got Grant Morrison back on a Superman book, motherfuckers. We did it. We won. Okay. Look, we won. That is we, uh, <laughs> as a society, we won. That is all I have to say. Not really. Uh, no, Superman of the Authority. Uh, I was shocked when I heard that this was happening. Uh, and so what's great. And what's great about this series. It's a, this four issue miniseries is that, yes, it is supposed to be. I mean, it wasn't originally intended to be this, but it, it d- did eventually become the series that then. Uh, leads into the war world stuff going on in action comics. And however, you don't have to read that to really to, to, feel the weight of this story superman has been slowly losing his powers and because of that he needs to essentially he's he's like i'm going to create a new version of the authority to kind of to kind of like help me in what is to come and what does he do he recruits manchester black (laughs) and midnighter and apollo yeah and but then also involves Light Ray and Omac and Natasha Irons and I'm like, and you got like Raquel Hanin on art and Jordi Belair coloring. It's just all around a beautifully perfect book. And you think and you think at the beginning, I'm like, oh, you're like, okay, wait a minute. If if this weren't Grant Morrison, if anybody else were writing this, you'd think you have lost your goddamn mind. Superman cannot leave the Authority. That doesn't make sense. They are like total like there's like. There was a whole thing about this in the early 2000s that Joe Kelly did in, act- in an issue of Action Comics, the, yep. you know, whatever happened to 
yeah, whatever happened to Truth, Justice, and the American Way, which was then adapted by Joe Kelly into the movie Superman versus the Elite, because the Elite was his version of the mm-hmm. Authority, and it was like trying trying to show that like that they are you know has like has Superman become old fashioned, and is the Elite what we need now? No, that's not true, and that was to prove it. And now we have Superman creating a new authority with Manchester Black as his first recruit. And you're thinking, and you're like, yeah, because Grant Morrison is here. Like, you know that they are going to justify why this is happening. Which which also, like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, the behind the scenes is, is like, what is this? Jeff Johns? No, 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 no. This is what I was going to get to. Okay. You've seen what I'm talking about. JD and Brian, have you heard the story of why why Grant Morrison agreed to write this book? I forget why, actually. Dan DiDio approached them. Dan DiDio. Preparing mm. for the G5 initiative. Mm. And said, Grant, I want you to write a book about Superman, where he's older and has become a right-wing authoritarian type and believes in power. And Grant Morrison said, no, that's not fucking Superman. I'm going to write this book just to make sure that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so then on the surface, that's what it, the, the, you, you could think. That's yeah. what it might be. They but literally no. agreed to write the book to keep it from becoming Superman is authoritarian. That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah and that's why uh, we all should just, you know, think art and think whatever is whatever is out there thank Rao. Uh, yeah think, think 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 everything that dan that has no power at dc anymore now we've talked about superman of the authority mm-hmm. which gives us a perfect springboard to superman son of kal-el angela yes uh All this is tom taylor on this episode <laughs> he he like it just doesn't he is not proven that he knows how to write a bad book. He doesn't miss. Um, this is Tom Taylor's stated goal is okay. Clark is Superman of the 20th century. New Deal guy, right? Mm-hmm. Ch- you know, uh, dealt with politician, uh, dirty politicians. In his first issue, chucked a wife beater out a window. <laughs> I just, I always love that. As you should, as you should. <laughs> um, and so Tom, T- so uh, you have uh John recently having been aged up in Brian Bendis's run. Uh, and so what they're kind of shifting to is Clark being the like. Galaxy Superman and John being the Earth Superman. And so Tom Taylor's goal is like, okay, we know what Superman was for the 20th century. What is Superman for the 21st century? Because you can't punch climate change. You can't, like, you can't punch, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, inequality. Um, so what, so what does he do? And that's what he's been exploring uh, so far um, to amazing effect, uh, in my opinion. It's uh, probably my favorite issue currently is, I think, issue three. John goes to a 
protest and the police are going to police and they start arresting protesters. He's like, if you're going to arrest them, yeah, yeah. you're going to arrest me too. Yeah. And he's just like, um, but you're Superman. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I know who I am. And I'm by your definition, breaking the law by protesting currently. So are you going to arrest me? And then I love the moment when, like when he get when, when his bail gets posted and Superman and Clark comes in, he's just like, come on. Like I get you're my dad, but like, don't, don't like pull leverage. And he's like, Oh no, I didn't. Your friend did. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah is his now boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And it's so cute. They're so cute. I love them. But I love them together. Uh, they are. They are amazing because, of course, Superman's boyfriend would have pink hair, um, and is also a journalist. <laughs> yeah, it's also a journalist, and Little... and and got and he got real. It was like he met Superman and was fine. Then he got real nervous when he realized he was meeting Lois. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's it was so he good. Got, he's like, yeah. he's like, I had your poster on my wall, but but it wasn't creepy. It's just like I, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just uh yeah, it's just it's a wonderful book. Uh it's yeah, it's that that's definitely uh cuz also like in the middle of uh, cuz they're protesting and he's tying it into real world current real world issues cuz they're talking about um it's a protest for immigration rights and, and he kind of lightly touches on the kids in cages issue. Um and uh and yeah, and then that is when John is like, "Hey, my father was an illegal immigrant. Like, of course I'd be here, you dumbass. Like, why would I not be at this protest? Um, well, yeah, it's uh, it, there's a lot of statement about how hypocritical it is that they're they don't the fact that you don't treat people the same way, even if they're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. there is that as well. Um, yeah, and it's just like. Uh, and, and I, th- yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's sweet. It's fun. Um, I do love that where there was a moment where, um, uh, John's powers get boosted. And so he's just like, essentially on cocaine. And it's just like, I'm going to save everyone. <laughs> and then he goes to see, and then he goes to see, it was, uh, his name's Jared, right? Uh, uh Jay? Jay, that's right. Jay, 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 yeah. Yeah, he comes to Jay's apartment and Jay's like, uh, you need to take a nap. You've been doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he comes when he finally comes down, <laughs> it's just like, uh, like come sleep yeah. on the couch. You need to take a nap. Uh I, I also love like he's continuing the like no uh superhero there's no alternate identity because like it, it the big he, thing been he tries and it lasts five minutes yeah, oh yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. right it lasts my... one page yeah yeah just, he's in yeah, this, in this dumb blonde wig and yeah it's just and just like yeah I, I knew immediately yeah it's like you're part of the most famous family on the planet sorry like all right brian's number three pick which <laughs> We've talked about a little bit. I talked about a little bit a moment ago, but it sort of introduced us to this idea of 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 John as Superman. It has seeded a lot of the things we've talked about today in DC uh-huh. books. And I'm using it. It's Brian's number three. I'm also going to use it to segue into talking about events because I think it's 
one of the most important events yeah. of the last decade, frankly. Future State. Yeah, I would say it's probably the biggest thing at DC since Crisis on Infinite Earths, I think. And it's funny to me because they didn't push it in the same way mm-hmm. they did Flashpoint or nope. Villains Month Fl- or any number the of other 52, things. Right, the whole that whole thing, well, Fl- right? Yeah. I feel I feel like uh and maybe as more stories from that era from behind the scenes come out. I feel like Flashpoint was supposed to be a flash story. But then they just decided it would transition into the well, 52. The thing, the thing that I think makes this important is this, I think, did more to put gas on the tank at DC yeah. than anything else in the last decade has. And yeah. that's what I, that's what I, yeah, that's why, yeah, since I, I like I said, I would say since Crisis on Infinite Earth, since they, yeah. they did that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important, and I think the reason that this has been successful where some of the other ones um, – and I'm not saying they weren't successful and they didn't do that. I'm just saying the reason I feel this is so different is it's not trying to change what has happened. Yeah. Right? Like there's nothing about – like there's no – there's zero feeling of retconning to this. Yeah. Right. We talked last year about both being very excited for this before we'd gotten to read mm-hmm. any of it. Mm-hmm. And part of that was coming out of death metal and reestablishing everything that has happened has happened again, whether it's contradictory or not. All the possibilities are out there. But also, we 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 had the feeling going into this that this was going to be exactly what you've described. Like this is something that has an impact, but isn't trying to make changes explicitly. It it sets stakes. Like at the end of the day, it sets stakes. Well, and I think it, I think it's super, super, I I don't want to say ironic. I think it's super telling uh, that the name is future state because it really like so many of, uh, of those other events have tried to change what happened in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is like, nope, this is all about what could happen in the future. Well, and and, uh, it's it's one question before we get much for So Dana Dio, I know, had the 5G project that he was trying to do. Was that what turned into Future State? No. Mm -hmm. Some some pitches that were pitched for G5 were adapted for Future State. We've already talked about Superman and the Authority. Uh, Rom V has talked about his Swamp Thing pitch mm-hmm. was originally part of the G5 pitch. But the overall shape of the universe, basically basically the, the, the rumor and innuendo, the industry gossip, is that G5 and Death Metal were diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. And we got the version of continuity that death metal was going to set up. Yeah. And, and, and people, people like Scott, uh, yeah. People like Scott Snyder. Yes. <laughs> and like uh, also like half, also like half of DC's current roster are like his former students. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny. It's weird how that works when you make it a point to build up diverse talent and lift up new voices and then mm. step away to make room for them. Funny how like everybody kind of has your back and likes you at that point. Yeah. 
Huh. It's almost like being a decent human is a good strategy. Speaking speaking of bringing things up, look at all of the other things that the setup for that future state gave us, right? That like like exactly like you know, uh Al, son of Cal Al, right? Yeah. Uh, Wonder Girl, right? Yeah. Um he, he, the uh, next Batman. Batman. Yeah. Well, we're a year out and we're still seeing like future state. We've kind of seen fear state play out. But we're still seeing other ideas that haven't totally been borne out yet. We're still seeing the Titans Academy stuff yep. play out. We're still, we're still seeing... seeing the resolution of the Green Lantern stuff, right? Yeah. 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 We're yeah, seeing like, yeah, so many that's... things continue to vote, which is funny because when we got that timeline, they were very specific about these things were a couple of years out and these things were five years out. And obviously, like, it hasn't been two years real-world time since, you know, yeah. if 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 Fear State was set in 2023, like, we're not to 2023 yet, but it's still kind of playing on scale. And I appreciate that that yep. scale, exactly. as we're avoiding these alternate futures, we're kind of staying on schedule. Yep. I, I, I just think it was phenomenal that they were able to to put together an event like that that was able to accomplish what it did. And I don't even know if they thought it was going to be able to do all of this. But Yeah, I mean, it very easily could have been like one year later or five years later yep. that were just flashes in the pan. Exactly. But it feels like they really let creative teams lead with the ideas and really nurtured ideas that would give people stories to tell, not feel like, hey, we're going to paint ourselves into a corner. Yep. And it didn't try to do the thing where it replaced heroes. That was yeah. the other thing I think that was key. Yeah. All right. Some other events to talk about. Fear State, we've mentioned a little bit, but yeah. we have seen it play out. It basically served as the end of Tynan's, for the most part, work at DC. Now, he's still writing the Joker through April, and we just he just announced a Sandman universe miniseries that he's going to be doing. Yes. Um, but in terms of, like, DC universe continuity type stuff, this sort of saw the end of his tenure there. Angela, this was on your list to talk about, so you want to take first crack? Uh, yeah, so Fear State was, um, I, like, it, so, like, Fear State was, like, just about the start, and so I was like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta catch up on, uh, this Batman stuff, so, like, one weekend, or, like, over a couple weekends, I, like, marathon the Joker War, and, like, the in-between issues, because then that, there's not that much of a break between the Joker War and fear state um and yeah it's just it, it it reinvents the scarecrow into being one of the most terrifying villains i i feel like just kind of talking about all of his work at once tonight i feel like one of tynan's things is the importance of mentality especially on a mass scale like uh i mean a real world example would be kind of like i guess a real life quote-unquote fear state would be what happened to america right after 9-11 like we went fucking bonkers 
and like even the most hardcore leftists were like yeah bomb the shit out of afghanistan um fear fucks people up and makes them do terrible things uh which is what like the scarecrow never even uses his fear toxin in this story not until mm-hmm. the very 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 end um he just lit- plants literal scarecrows across the- across the city and that's enough to like freak people the fuck out and and like then give into this authoritarian um uh bureau that like is this black turtlenecked uh tech billionaire <laughs> like it was one, Jeff Bezos, just with hair. But uh, the black turtleneck and uh, black turtleneck is very much Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, Steve Jobs. <laughs> it was Steve Jobs with hair. Yeah, Evil yeah. Steve Jobs. It, it was. Yeah. It was all of the tech CEOs. Yeah. 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 yeah very. Very much so. Um, and yeah. Just like. Uh, yeah. It's. It, yeah. It's. It, it's. It also like overall. I feel like. Tynan's run has breathed so much fresh air into Batman. It's insane in terms well, of like the fact that he's in the middle of that streak clearly has so much more to tell. And he's like, peace. <laughs> and I wanna I wanna jump in real quick and asterisk. Tynan has built a ton too. And I think part of what makes Fear State work as well as it does is one, I mean, we've also had Rom V and Stephanie Phillips and everyone mm-hmm. else in Gotham collaborating in a very X-Men office way. Mm. But two, coming out of Future State and going into Fear State, we've had the rise of a new Batman. We've had Jace Fox come in as Batman and who will continue to exist as Batman. And his origin is very much tied to Fear State. And I think that's an important piece of this too. Uh, there's a longer version of this rant, but I'm fascinated to see how they bring Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond back into into the equation this year, because I almost feel like coming out of the Joker War and setting up Jace Fox in Fear State, I almost feel like that can't exist in the future of the Gotham that Tynan has shown us, even though he's talked in, in his newsletter about it being halfway to Batman Beyond from you know, where continuity was when Batman Beyond launched in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, as an independent story, it's great. But then also the groundwork it lays, like the sandbox it leaves for, uh, the next set of Bat Riders is pretty, is pretty impressive. Like, I, I really hope a lot of, the characters that like I got to know, like I know they were introduced or before, but like that I got to know in in Fear State, uh, Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, that like those guys stick around for a long time with yeah. other writers because like modern comics, it's like a, a, a writer introduces a character, they leave the book, nothing. Yeah, like yeah, twenty years later, somebody picks them up, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and. We've already said it, but Tynan is so good at creating these crystallized characters. Oh, yeah. Miracle Molly is Miracle another one. Miracle Molly is a Molly. perfect example. Which I think, I think maybe she's got something coming up in either a backup in a book or in 
Batman Urban Legends, I think that there has been something solicited with her. Like her recruiting in prison. Yeah, she's yeah, she's just she's the uh yeah, she's the she's the religion recruiter in, yeah. in the local prison. All right. I've got one more event I wanted to slip in here that we've actually talked about a good deal on the show, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Heroes Reborn. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, God, that was so long ago. I, I, like, it, I forgot how good it was. So year. long ago, August. Listen. <laughs> hey, 2021 was wild. Pulling my list together, there are a lot of books where I had to double check dates and be like, no, there's no way. No way this finished in 2021. That had to have been 2020. Nope. 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 Um, I, I also think it was helped by the fact that that smartly was released weekly. Well, it was released weekly and it had a lot of one shots built into it. I almost just brought yeah. the uh, 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 Hyperion one shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good one. But it was just a really well-structured, well-executed version of looking at an alternate timeline that consistently did two things. It left you wanting more, and it grounded itself in what would this change of the Avengers don't exist and this Dark Justice League does instead, what would those things have done to important moments in history, and how would those changes have cascaded? Yeah, at yeah. some point I realized after we recorded the, the, the episode about it is, oh, so what this was was a giant what if event. Yeah. <laughs> but if all those if all the what ifs were dominoes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah. I what I uh, that also it like I, I feel like there's a lot also that we will realize is set up for later because like we're in Jason Aaron's Avengers. We're starting to realize that they're still kicking around well and they've been around in other books too night yeah. nighthawk showed up nighthawk and nick fury are both chasing the infinity gems right now because nighthawk wants to reunify them to bring back his universe yeah. those infinite destinies one shots from september and october were all that story and We've seen in, I think, April solicitations, Nighthawk is going to show up again in Avengers. Yeah, because, yeah, like, of course, because, <laughs> of course, the, the Squadron's Batman is going to be the one to <laughs> give, really give everyone trouble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while, while her period is kind of, like, just insane in a cell somewhere. <laughs> okay, number twos. J.D., Mm-hmm. Squad. Squad. So this was a, a graphic novel by Maggie Takuda Hall and Lisa Sterl. Uh this is one that has been that was brought to my attention. I I I if I remember correctly, I think it was like someone retweeted uh Lisa Sterl on my on on my timeline and uh it got it got really big so then she's like oh hey well like pre-order my my graphic novel that i'm that i'm putting out and i looked it up and i was like oh this sounds like my shit uh it's uh, all about a young woman who attends a very a very exclusive uh private school and she gets uh involved with the with the like the like the three most popular girls 
And then it turns out that they are werewolves who feast upon sex pests. And it just goes from there. Uh, It is wonderfully gay and wonderfully gruesome. And it's really interesting to see these, uh, like, like this woman who, this young woman who, who falls in with this group and, uh, and has that in, in like, she immediately doesn't fit in with them, but is desperate to fit in somewhere. I, I, I love these characters. I love this story. I love, I, you know, there's a, there were a lot of graphic novels that I didn't get to this, this past year. Um, but squad is one that I real that I highly recommend people check out. It's a really nice, nice, gruesome queer story. It's on my radar to take a look at for sure. Lisa Sterl also did this year, witch blood, which I adore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need to get to witch blood that, and that, and that one's another one. that's like, it's like ended for now. Yeah. Angela wonder woman after worlds. So, I, you know, being uh, an American woman, uh, I, you know, passively grew up, you know, like enjoying Wonder Woman just like as an idea. Mm-hmm. I've never read much of her comics. Um, the Afterworld storyline specifically, which took up most of this year, mm-hmm. um, it was a long one, which is her <laughs> going through first uh valhalla the the norse afterlife she wakes up after the events of death battle there uh doesn't know why she ended up there or like doesn't fully remember who she is um and then eventually uh yeah and then eventually uh, realizes part of a larger conspiracy her being there of like something's going on in the realm of the gods um they turned uh they turned Dr. Psycho into um modernize him in the best way, very similar to the Harley Quinn show, where he's just this like angry incel little man. And like uh they also combined it with the update of uh J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man video game, where he's this uh podcaster slash uh newshead, like news talking head. He's like uh, a, he's a men's rights activist. Yeah, he he's is. he's yeah. Jordan Peterson or mm-hmm. whatever other asshole du jour you want to mm-hmm. name. Uh, so it's it was, it was it's a very interesting way to get into Wonder Woman because it's kind of looking at her in a place of like uh, general mythology with her interacting with the Norse uh, myths. Um, she very much wants to bang Siegfried. <laughs> As yeah. we all do. does. <laughs> I mean, also major improvement over Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who isn't? <laughs> uh also befriends uh Ratatask, which is the probably a bigger trickster god than Loki in the Norse mythology. So like I was constantly expecting that little motherfucker to betray her. There's still time. There is, he's still around. We shall see. She also befriends uh one of the most underrated heroes in the DC universe, Dead Man. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Dead, yeah, Dead Man's her bestie, in which this makes sense. Uh, her, her being like both of them at different times being a part of the Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, then also like for most of this, 
tired of being dead. <laughs> like, yeah. She yeah. is dead. She's um, in the afterlife. Yes. Yeah. I'm still, you, you want one of my ongoing called shots in the graveyard of the gods. There is a tombstone that has what I'm pretty sure is Hronmir on it, who is one of the gods of Mars. And I'm still waiting for that to play out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so not like as in Ares is like also called Mars, which is named after the planet. You're talking about like the Martian. Like in John yes. Jones's yes. culture, okay. yes. they uh, worship Hronmir. There you go. All right. Speaking of death, I bet I can know what your number two is, Alex. Um, am I right? <laughs> well, see, that's a trick question because yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know what my number two is. But also, I'm segueing to your number two. Oh, okay. Because it's it is fine. because my number two is someone else's number one, but your number oh, two, okay is the highest crossover shows up on the charts. Yes, crossover. What a damn great book this so, is. I'm going to I'm going to say this. I was working on my list I'm like I really liked crossover. I don't know if if I should put it on the list though. Oh wait, I'm three issues behind. Let me read it and catch up. Oh no, it's going on the list. <laughs> it is as good as I remember it. It is the most Alex shit anyone has ever written. It is so fucking good. Donnie Kate's Donnie Kate shit ever. Oh my god. And like everything about it is like the most Donnie Kate shit ever. It's like except to throw in all the image bullshit that he loved as a kid. And he now gets to just retool it into this massive love letter to the insanity that is comics. There is one thing in this that is not the most Donny Cates shit. And that's because it's the most Chip Zdarsky shit. And that is yeah. issue number seven. Yeah. And, and it's really the most Chip Zdarsky because we get not one, but two Chip Zdarskys written by <laughs> Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> one, two, Zdarsky stand before you. So, like, what I what I love so much is, like, Donny Cates was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking tell them what this book is right on the goddamn fucking title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody's still going to know exactly what it is until I tell them. <laughs> and even then, start the second arc. No. Hey, I had this plan. I was wrong. That's not what this book is. Oops. Here's how it was supposed to end. It's not ending that way now. <laughs> i don't fucking know you figure it out and then i mean like let's go ahead and just mention that at the end of the last issue that we read no 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 no, no that's too no. recent we can't spoil that we can't come spoil on that. okay well the reveal at the on the last page of the last issue that has come out as of this recording was just like oh man we really did not know what we were signing up for with this <laughs> It should, have, like, it should have been like plainly clear from the beginning it also presents it as the worst kept secret in the book obviously everyone expects this so fine we're just gonna do it yeah uh, but brian yeah. you got anything else on crossover nope crossover phenomenal everybody go read it okay my number two and brian's number one homesick pilots uh, and also JD's number five point five. I mean, this is this is a shock to absolutely no one. Um, oh, there is a shock coming. Hey, punks of trauma. It's my shit. We talked. We we talked on the show every time one of these issues came out about how fucking good this book was, mm-hmm. and 
And yeah, it, it just did not disappoint. And like, I'm looking at a couple of the covers again right now. Like the art in here is just <sighs> everything, everything, everything about this book. And it came, it hit me out of nowhere. I didn't think I, I like. I had no clue this book was going to be good. We talked about the first issue of this in last year's favorites episode. Yeah. And like just out of the gate, we were both we were both convinced it was going to be on at the top of our best of lists for this year. Like it was <laughs> immediately no question to it was us. it was that good from the first issue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, everything. The the world building, the characters, specifically the characters that's what that's what sells the art in it the the it's the structure yeah yeah like it's it's it is a style that is not what you would normally associate with horror and a palette Mm -hmm. you would not normally associate with horror but it is it is an aesthetic that fits this world so well and the design work and details there make it moody and anxious and beautiful and like it is so bright in places that that it would be easy to tell a very grim dark version of this and this resists that urge i i had forgotten this line from the uh from the solicitations i'm i'm looking at a, a page that had some cover art and like some words and i remember this from, from the solicitations where it says <laughs> It's Power Rangers meets, meets the, the Shining. Shining. Yes, oh really. Oh my god. It really is. It really is. I mean, at this uh, point, there's no spoilers to say that we literally yeah. get a, a, a haunted house that becomes a ghost-powered mech. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, what what is this comic? It's Kaiju Haunted House. Great. Yeah, Kaiju. It, 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 what what is this? It's it's perfection, is what yeah. it is. That's it's what it is. So good. It's so, so, so good. Reminds me of the Monster House movie, which was yeah better, better than the animation led me to believe it would be. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was my two and Brian's one. Angela, tell me about Harley Quinn. It's it just overall, uh, I'll just say it's a great year to be a Harley Quinn fan. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. I feel like this is the year she's really, really coming to her own. Uh outside of being the joker's girlfriend or being the joker's ex-girlfriend at that um having that association yeah 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 having that association like the entire premise of her book is is a little bit tied into joker war because uh i mean throughout that entire thing she's running around right behind the bat family because like they all they have all these gadgets and vehicles and she doesn't so she's just literally running around the city trying to follow them um with her baseball bat (laughs) um and uh oh and she even (laughs) she even talks to batman about it's like hey like don't they get a stipend like (laughs) where's the cash man like uh like they get all these gadgets and vehicles and shit like where's my shit um he does bruce, bruce did, say i'm broke now yeah. bruce this bruce, is stockpiled bruce then, dick. yeah yeah <laughs> uh bruce then does give harley a toaster with bat symbol on it yep can, can i say i <laughs> was i was I was so so terrified it was going to go wrong. 
when 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 she came in and met Clown Hunter. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, well, and also, you go ahead, Alex. I was gonna say the other thing I want to want to just say about this book is it's not it's not the first thing Stephanie Phillips has done, but this and the Future State book I think are the first thing that brought her onto a lot of people's radar, myself included. Mm-hmm. And like just another name that 2021 has given us who is like going to do just incredible things in comics. Yep. Yeah. It's um but kind of the the basic premise of the book is or at least like the most of the first arc which is set before Future State. Um and like the new arc kind of starts after Future State where she gets her now mainstream DC universe girlfriend of uh poison ivy they finally they finally kiss in in og continuity um but yeah it's where she's uh, trying to be better like trying to become kind of this uh black sheep of the of the uh not black sheep because jason todd's definitely still the black sheep (laughs) but the weird cousin to the bat family (laughs) (laughs) the strange aunt yeah yeah yeah. uh and then also what's good about this book is like so she's trying to find her place as a good guy so it's like it's she's not like suicide squad like okay we're gonna force you to do maybe kind of good um it's like no like she wants to do like she wants to be a flat-out hero um and so she starts she starts a support group for former clowns of jokers uh and uh she gets a new best friend kevin, kevin. uh who is who's great he has this uh double he has this double chin and he has this uh giant smile tattoo on his second chin so like that poor bastard can't hide that he was a former clown. Um, just ha- like, like at that point, just like at that point, you should just be wearing a t-shirt at all times. Just says Joker sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it's it's fun. It's heartwarming in terms of her relationship, in terms of her relationship with Kevin, and like them both trying to be better people. Mm-hmm. Um, very much showing that that's not an immediate process. Uh, in terms of even just how other people see you, much less like you may backslide a little bit um, in terms of like how you see yourself. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 a great book. Um, be careful like around, I will say, be careful around like issue eight or eight and nine. Uh, you have to read the Fear State tie-ins because I was just like, wait, where the where the fuck are we now? Like what? Oh, seven and eight. Seven and eight are fear state. Yeah, I imagine in collected editions, those will probably get collected with the the corresponding Catwoman issues. If I had to guess, that'll be a separate trade. Yeah, I mean, hopefully so. But it's um, yeah, it it just overall, it's a great year to be a a Harley fan. And our last, our last individual choice shared between JD and me. This was no surprise. The many deaths of Lila Star. <laughs> I told you, I told you all we'd come back to it. Yeah, 
my number 10. Look, here's the thing. I find I, I was picking up every issue uh, when it's coming up. I missed the first two uh, just because my shop was trying to get in and they weren't able to. But I got three, four, and five. The trade is out now. The trade um, sold out at the publisher before it released and is out of print right now. I think there are maybe one copy left at my shop. And if I if it is still there when I go there, I'm going to buy it. And then I might just hand it to someone and be like, hey, read this, please. Um, no, this is the best comic of 2021. This is the best one. Well, I say that I also don't believe in, 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 ha- in there being a, the best or worst. This is, this is, this my, is why we this, say favorite. Yeah, yeah, this is my favorite. This is, this is the thing that I'm like, this is why I love comics. This is the, like, you can, t- like, you can't tell the story in any other medium. This is why I love comics, because you can tell a story of death has lost her job because a baby has been born, and this baby will eventually grow into the person who is going to create immortality. And yeah. it is, and she goes on this self-reflective journey of, you know, at first trying to kill the, kill the child. Right. And then yeah. can't. And now reflecting on why she can't over the course of several decades yeah which also i will say this probably has the second best panel of 2021 which is um why are you firing me is it taxes i bet that bitch still has her corner office (laughs) well and that is taxes right that is the thing that makes this work so well for me is this this book balances the the pathos right of of death grappling with being useless of of a sentient creature grappling with having no purpose with humor and fantastical elements and exaggerated art and i think the best storytelling especially serious storytelling understands that to really make those serious moments land you have to have lightness. You have to have humor. You have to have a texture that makes the harder things or the more emotional things or the more sincere things stand in relief. Yeah. And I this mean, book like, does that so, so well. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of um, probably the equivalent in movie form, I would say, in terms of that balance, is um, The Big Sick uh, with uh, Camille Nanjani's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is based off of his real experience of when he was dating his wife they then get into an argument and like kind of are not dating anymore and then she gets really sick and uh, he has to then interact with her family because she, he's the emergency contact still um, and uh, there's an amazing scene where it's like it's sad but also just ridiculous and hilarious where He's trying to order this from this fast food joint. And he's like, uh, I want, uh, you know, I want a double burger. Like I want two patties to a double cheeseburger. And the like 16 year old kid is just like, Oh, well, we're out of those. He's like, what do you mean you're out of them? Just put two burgers on. Anyway, so he gets, in, he gets into this big argument with this kid eventually gets out of the car. And is yelling at this poor kid 
Because it's like, it's not really about that. It's about, you know, all the shit that he's going through with his, uh, with his girlfriend and her family and all that different stuff. (laughs) There's just this ridiculous situation of like, he's snapping from this terrible trauma, but in the most hilarious way possible of just tearing into this poor teenager. It's like on his first day uh, at this fast food joint. And there's and there's a lot of those yeah yeah like there's a lot of those moments in this book uh, as well which that was another thing that I I just I finally read this weekend uh, was um, Good. I, yeah I finished that yesterday because um, it was like my my comic shop had this giant stack uh, of the trades on the wall but and y'all were like oh it's sold out on the distributor level I was like okay well I better pick it up now to make yeah. sure I get it. I got my shops one copy. They Man. cannot reorder it. I am so, so happy I bought all the foil covers. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Any last thoughts on Lila Star? No. Everyone um, should read it, and if you find a copy, buy it. Doesn't matter how much it is, buy it. I mean, it'll. I mean, it'll I'm sure they'll reprint it. Yeah. yeah. But how like, fast that's sold out? It's gonna get a second printing. Because yeah. the reality is, it came out as most places best of favorite of 2021 lists were dropping. I am sure because this book has made it at the top of a lot of lists that that drove like much higher sales than they expected. It boom. So this is the point where we take a break, answer the couple of questions we have to answer to finish the consolidated list, and then we will be back in just a moment. And we're back with the combined consolidated Panelology's favorite books of 2021 list. Uh, Most of these these came out of our algorithm uh, without any negotiating. Our number nine and number ten. (laughs) <laughs> oh stop it angela <laughs> look it was bound to happen eventually <laughs> um you'll be fine when we get back to recording our own show yeah <laughs> look the number 10 spot the number 10 spot uh not not without some apparent betrayal but <laughs> it goes to perennial panelology favorite daredevil in at the number nine spot vita ayala's X-Books, New Mutants, and Children of the Atom. In at number eight, the first of two books by James Tynan IV, Department of Truth. The seventh spot goes to Something is Killing the Children. Yeah. Which feels like we're balancing the karmic scales last year for uh, accidentally snubbing Tynan. At number six, Once and Future returns. In at number five, Nightwing. Four is Black Widow, which showed up on three of our lists. Crossover, in at number three, showed up on three of our lists. Homesick Pilots, the number two spot, and The Many Deaths of Lila Starr comes in at number one. That is it. That is the list. That is a solid list. And uh, the the unmentioned number 11 is Thor. (laughs) And this this time next year, we'll be talking about how... uh... We all like carnage now. Don't remind me. Okay, we have. We have. Going to be so salty about it. I am. I don't want to be a person who likes carnage. Let's talk about the things we're looking forward to in 2022 in comics, other than carnage. (laughs) (laughs) We've covered that subject well, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Destiny of X, the next chapter, the first post Hickman chapter. 
of the Krakoan Age. Uh, we'll see X-Men and X-Force and Wolverine and New Mutants continue their runs. But we see Sword replaced with X-Men Red. We see Excalibur replaced with, I'm not sure if it's Knights of X or Knights of Tin, because uh, there are 10 of them. But Knights of X slash Tin. Uh, we see Way of X return uh, with a new title, but the same creative team and the same cast. And uh, if you are caught up on X-Men, you know that the shit has hit the fan after Inferno. And we are adding to the roster a political intrigue book written by Kieran Gillen about the politics of running Krakoa. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm very excited for the mutant books yeah um i do not have notes from anyone else for 2022 things so oh, yeah. before i power oh. through either of you got anything i have oh. a few things yeah. all right give me uh, one of yours just one yes we're gonna i've got i've got three we're gonna take turns okay uh first thing um is actually kind of a weird one uh because it's not actually a title that i have but uh I have, it has been confirmed from uh, from perennial favorite of this podcast letter, Aditya Bidikar, that we're getting a new comic, a new original comic from Rom V this year, whatever that is going to be. Uh, I will just quickly quote the tweet that uh, he, he had, or I'm sorry, they had, uh, the project I'm looking most looking forward to working on this year is this thing that Rom and Dan having, uh, having been, have been put together for a while this like nothing you've read before that i've been waiting for them to do for years years being in all caps so whatever that is going to be i'm excited for it and i'm assuming dan is dan waters who they also work with so we're getting a rom v dan waters comic this year well and that would make sense because rom and dan both come out of the same like co-writing group there in the uk uh, yeah. Along with Alex Packnadel and uh, I think Cy Spurrier maybe mm -hmm. comes out of that same group. Yeah, and they, and they wrote the Justice League Dark Annual 2021 annual together. Yeah. So uh, mine, I have a uh, kind of, I guess, just kind of a continuation of my um, uh, of my top ten list, which is uh, the Wonder Woman. There's a Wonder Woman event coming up. Uh, which is like, because there's, there's several books in like the Wonder Woman yeah. world, the DC world going on right now, and they're all culminating to um, Trial of the Amazons. Trial of the Amazons, uh, which is going to be awesome, as well as we're going to be getting more um, Wonder Woman Historia, which is a premium yes. uh, book, which is the first issue just absolutely blew me away. Incredible. Um, mm -hmm. I am looking to looking forward to uh, a continuation of the Thor book with the current storyline god of hammers um yes which uh yeah it's just like that's uh i want to make a prediction right now with that book with What's this that? current story in fact i believe odin's gonna die at the end yeah well like a possibility is i don't know because like right now like he's just kind of like off to the side bar brawling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's actually like he's, he's he is a major player in this current story, and they're doing yeah. a lot of 
a lot of work there and there was a funeral pyre at, uh, on the cover of one issue that i don't remember seeing odin in mm-hmm. so possibility possibility okay um i i really hope that that uh, a giant wolf somehow eats him <laughs> to get <into> mythology <laughs> yes yes I mean... wolf come in and destroy that fucker they did bring back uh, lore recently in the Valkyrie series, and they do sometimes show up as a giant wolf. There you go. Let's do it. Um, and then also the uh, regular storyline for Something is Killing the Children is about to kick off again because it's been a the house of slaughter uh, and is going on right now. But then also like the current main storyline in the book is has been. Um, a prequel, which is with uh, Erica as a kid, yeah, first getting recruited. So we're jumping back to the present, and because like <laughs> where things left off at the end of issue fifteen, um, after this most recent job, Erica tells the Order of Saint George to go fuck themselves, <laughs> and she quits. She's like, "I'm gonna keep fighting monsters, but fuck you, hoes." I'm a peace out. Um, which I can almost guarantee that the white masks are gonna be the ones to try to hunt her down because they are a bunch of petty little bastards. And they do not like her. No, they do not. Absolutely I gotta read it. Not. Yeah. Yep. It's uh so like the, the ramifications of, of where we left off at at issue fifteen is I'm I'm really looking forward to digging into. Because uh, like all of the different resources and knowledge and everything she doesn't have anymore, um, as well as like this organization it has a lot of people in it that want her dead. Yeah, my second round of 2022 things, actually a bunch of stuff that have had their number ones drop that we just haven't had a chance to talk about on the show yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one we might have mentioned, Radio Apocalypse. I feel like maybe we talked about that on the last regular I, episode that came out. I think so. But also Rain, which is uh, a a an adaptation of a Joe Hill story mm-hmm. by oh, I'm blanking on his first name, Booher. David? David Booher. I think I think that's it. I, that sounds right. With and Zoe art, Thorogood and art. With art by Zoe Thorogood, yes. I I had a stack of trades to get through to prep for this show, and one of them was the impending blindness of Billy Scott, and I realized, yes. oh no, that came out in 2020. I just couldn't get my hands on a copy until 2021. But another, there with Juniba and Stephanie Phillips, another newer writer who I'm just, so excited to see more of or artist in this case writer artist uh who i'm excited to see more of bolero which came out last week Mm -hmm. um was not on my radar at all but i saw some really positive buzz on twitter and was like screw it i'll buy it because i have no impulse control for good comics uh and it is like a really fun relationship comic kind of Kind of somewhere between like Sunstone and uh um oh what was getting it together, I think, was the Cena Grace miniseries. Um but also with with alternate reality bullshit involved. 
basically uh there's a woman who has screwed up her life so she is offered the ability to hop into other instances of herself across the multiverse and is like forget it i've got nothing left here i'm gonna go do it fuck it um and like at the end of the first issue makes her first hop and ends up in a mask version of herself um and the last one i have in this section on this list is the teeny howard catwoman run which also just started uh not only is it gorgeous with that nico leon art and jordi belair colors but it draws from my favorite new 52 era catwoman story um in which catwoman had to run a mob for a while oh yeah and it brings back her ex-girlfriend from that arc as one of the mafia bosses who she has to deal with jd what's your next thing uh my next thing i'm going to mention two dc books that are starting this year uh one was actually already mentioned earlier uh the james tynan nightmare country uh sandman book that's following the corinthian um uh, little peek behind the curtain uh on over on fables and reflections we just recorded our episode on the second volume of the sandman where the corinthian is introduced yeah so um and, and we already read him in in overture because we already covered we already covered that one but uh yeah, he makes an appearance in the first issue yeah yeah, but but this but you know Doll's House was where he made his first actual appearance, uh, and I'm re- so I'm really excited to see what Tynan's going to do. Uh, getting, like I, I I love him doing horror, and I'm excited to see him do horror within the Sandman universe. Uh, I did uh, not realize it was a Corinthian miniseries. So yeah, yeah I, I looked it up because I wanted to see exactly now. what it was, and I saw that it was the Corinthian. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for him. For him, that's. That's be great. The other one um, is World's Finest from Mark yeah. Way, Dan Mora, Tamara Bond villain, and again perennial favorite Aditya Bidikar. Uh I was really set, like I was I was trying to keep up with uh, Batman Superman, especially with Gene Luen Yang. Uh, I kind of I got behind on it, and uh, it just got canceled. Uh, which I have a feeling World's Finest had a little bit of a part to do with nope. that because oh, nothing at all. Yang really? had other projects come up and he chose to leave and they went ahead and ended the book when he chose to leave. Okay. I'm so happy that that's the case. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad that like, and I, and I feel like that was also like the position of like Mark Waits, like, Oh, that's ending now. Well, that gives that now gives me the opportunity to do like, basically it lets him go back to what he does best, which is take the silver, like, like take the silver age and bring it into the 21st century and make it contemporary. And did you uh did you see who shows up in the second issue? No. Doom Patrol. <gasps> Listeners, you all have to understand I fucking love the Doom Patrol. Like I, I really, really fucking love the Doom Patrol. And <laughs> I really they, love the Do they have my do they have my bitch Rita Rita Far? I don't know. I don't have details. I just know that they are mentioned. Well, Rita Farr isn't in the comics now. Is she? Well, like, I I know there's weirdness where, like, they killed her when they rebooted uh, before Morrison, Morrison took over. Well, no, then, she like, was already, she was, no, she was in a coma. And then, and then she, like, she's she's off doing other stuff now. Yeah, but what I was about to say, like, originally she they killed her, 
like and then uh, more revealed no she's in a coma and then then and the red jack thing and then there's the the cosmic entity type stuff that that she's involved in now yeah like this is like the last doom patrol thing there was was the gerard way run under young animal and rita far is not involved in that at all which makes me so i want a I, I want her in the comic version with the doom patrol as well because like i love her so much in the tv show so yeah much. And, and, and 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 that would be great i would i would love that version um and the we last have, thing i'll make we have digressed we have yeah. we have yeah yeah and 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 i would say the last thing i want to make oh the last thing i want to mention that i'm excited about are the continuation of certain books that i was really getting that that have are very early on uh in particular donny cates on hulk holy crap (laughs) that is not what i was expecting i not what i was expecting to have in in a hulk comic but of course donny cates just rips open rips it open and is like oh no we're going we're going where you wherever we want to um dark knights of steel because you know yeah. tom taylor is is the perpetual favorite here and uh swamp thing season two yep it got uh, extended i agree with all three of those things so what jd said you got anything else before my last thing uh, uh me um i i you know what? I am going to dig back into um, uh, I'm going to catch up and continue on because I've read a first a couple of issues of Undiscovered Country by Scott Snyder. And Charles it, Soule. And, yeah. I need um, to read that one. It's I've read only like two issues, like issues 13 and 14. Um, and I was just like, holy shit, like this is it's like this this deconstruction of of america uh as an idea as how other people uh think about it like how people inside think about it like it's just this multi is just like this vivisection of of america where you have this captain say this uh uncle sam type figure is the one who's journeying these the main characters through it uh and he has an eye patch, <laughs> and it's great. My last thing is an event at Marvel, Reckoning War. Yeah, Dan Slott. Dan Slott has been building this basically the entire time he's been working at Marvel. Yeah, I Nobody no really seems to know what it is. Yeah, no, yeah. Besides and Dan Slott. That is the kind of, like, mad genius planning that I love from him. I mean, it's some real... Yeah, let's kill Peter and make Doc Ock Spider-Man energy, and I'm yep. here for it. Yeah. Um, I am. I am going to mention one other one other big thing in 2022 this week. Do you do you two know what comes back? What is back? What has returned Saga. on our shelves? Saga's oh, back, yeah. baby. I'm going to that midnight launch party at my comic book shop. I got I got the next. I had that night off. I'm so excited. I'm going in. I ha- I'm I'm going to be wearing my Moon Knight T-shirt <laughs> that I bought that y'all know I have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. I I I need to like pick up digitally or or something like the the compendium. Yeah. Because uh, I've read the first one or two trades. Oh um, wow! Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you you should get on that. You should get on that. You're gonna I mean, dig you Saga. Get, you can get all the trades. The trades are are fairly cheap. Yeah, well, comparatively, it's like sixty bucks for all. What fifty five issues? Fifty four. Fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah, yeah. Because this upcoming one's fifty five. So yeah, like sixty bucks versus like I don't know. Anyway. Other 2021 media we want to recommend. Non-comic stuff. Let's keep this one light and bright and quick. Yeah, I will. I want to recommend uh, something that Rachel got, our friend Rachel Krishink got me onto, Summer Camp Island. Uh, originally, I think it was Cartoon Network originally, and then it, uh, now it's on HBO Max. If you want light, fun cartoons, this is it. This is what you need. Watch Summer Camp Island. Awesome. Uh, personally, uh, I finally this week, also this weekend, got on the uh, Encanto train. Um, yeah, which is an amazing depiction of uh, generational trauma and like uh, how exactly that works. Um, with very uh, happy music. With yeah, with music that slaps because Manuel Miranda. Does Can we talk about Bruno songs. now? We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, except to Which, say. No, but no one to told say. me that John Leguizamo voiced him. <laughs> I knew also, that because in the theater they like said that before the movie began. It's like John Leguizamo was introducing the movie. Yeah. It's... Do you know? Did you see that that song mm. has surpassed uh, "Let It Go" as the highest charting? Disney song in the last decade and change. Yes, it is now tied with "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." Okay, <laughs> uh, and the only thing, the only Disney song that has charted higher than that is "A Whole New World" from Aladdin. Oh, and wow, it okay. could surpass it. There you go. I personally, though, I like uh, "Under the Surface." Surface pressure. Yeah, surface pressure. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I mean, speaking of generational trauma, uh, specifically the line, um, uh, give it, uh, give it to your sister. Um, like let her like, just that aspect of like the oldest. Like specifically, the reason like that one, (laughs) I really connected with that song is um, uh, it very much reminded me of my grandmother's story because in terms of that aspect because she through through just insane shit ended up having to at like eight or nine years old had to start help raising her three younger siblings Mm. um and she kind of took that throughout the rest of her life like she always put other people first compared to herself um and uh yeah so it's just it's 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 yeah it is slapping music but also like <laughs> really fucked up music too uh that makes you feel things mm-hmm. well if we're gonna go with uh musicals that make you feel things i'm gonna go with tick tick boom God, i still need to watch that yes you do so uh i watched this with friend of the show mag regular guest host mag who had to deal with during a sequence uh i'm gonna just gonna say with recognizable faces to people with a niche interest set had to deal with me going 
gasp, it's such and such, that's such and such for an entire musical number every time someone new showed up on screen. And she's like, Alex, shut up. I'm trying to listen. No, she was actually remarkably cool about it and went to look up a list of everybody to see if I actually managed to name everyone. There was one person I one person I just did not recognize. Um, but it's it's actually a musical that I have loved for a long time. I discovered it around late high school, early college. Like I was like, okay, Rint's awesome, but what else did Larson do? Oh, well, this other thing. This is it. Because there's no recording of Superbia. Uh, the musical in the musical Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, even though it does exist in the real world. Tick, Tick, Boom is semi-autobiographical, autobiographical about his process of writing Superbia and like not being able to get anyone to fund it and dealing with uh, dealing with the idea that he is turning 30 and he is trying to make sure that he is a writer who waits tables not a waiter who writes like that stress of is is this still something i can realistically do with my life and balancing friendships and romantic relationships and all of his priorities against just the need to create i turned 30 a week ago so she's like it's something i should watch but like i know will most likely destroy me if maybe but the music's good Uh, pro tip though, after you watch it, go find the soundtrack on Apple Music or whatever and listen to uh listen to Green Green Dress, the song that sort of got cut from the movie, but that is one of my favorite songs from the musical. Uh there's like a slow jam version of it on a radio in one scene. But it's not the same. All right, who else has another 2021 thing? Uh, I'll go ahead and say, like, there were a bunch of movies I saw last year that I loved. The Green Knight, Nightmare Alley, Matrix Resurrections, Nobody. A lot of greats that came out last year. Nobody. Nobody nobody. was amazing. Yeah. But two I want to mention real quick are Spencer, the Princess Diana movie uh, with Kristen Stewart. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that came out uh, months ago. Uh, But not the Diana musical on Netflix? No. not at all <laughs> no this movie is so much better uh it's kind of like it's kind of it's almost like a fairy tale in a way um but that and i also want to mention the horror movie the night house with rebecca hall uh david bruckner's uh follow-up to the ritual so i i, I recommend those two uh just so you know the night house gave me anxiety attacks my friend robbie and i saw it in the theater we sat next to other, and every time we went from day to night we were just holding each other because we were so terrified of this movie. I, uh, also to talk about Spencer, I hope that Spencer is one of the things that, like, uh, Harry was working on while he was in Hollywood before he had to move to Canada. Um, may they, well, no, they, first Canada, then they moved to L.A. Anyway. Um, <laughs> made it because it's like... Uh, this, this- this is like a holy th- whole thing from Stephen Knight, and like a lot of it is is kind of made up. Well, it, but the, but I do know that like um, with uh, Meghan Markle like being an actress, she already had connections in Hollywood. Uh, so like they moved to Canada to try and like keep having the titles 
and get money from from the royal family that got axed so then they're like well fuck we need money move to la where tyler perry put them up for like six months the only good thing tyler perry's ever done outside of gone girl uh he's his actual movies are shit but like the stuff he's done in the industry is yeah, as as someone who has friends who actually have connections to him, he's person to person a very generous individual from what I understand. Yeah. I have heard stories that are not mine to repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, and so like then they started to crack into the Hollywood game. I don't know they wrote some Netflix tale. Maybe maybe <laughs> the musical is what they were working on. It, it, it I don't know. Sense. But I just, I really want him to make money off of his mom's name now that he can't, now that he, uh, the royal family cut him off. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more other 2021 picks? I'm, I'm good. I, I probably, it like. I've got uh, two left. I will stall for you. Yeah. Uh, only murders in the building. Yeah, that would definitely be one of them. A Netflix series starring Steve Martin. Oh, sorry, thank you. A Hulu series starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. About, (laughs) I adore her in this. She is fantastic. They all, they all are. They They all all are. are But like the the dry, just the sort of dry. I cannot believe these idiots reactions she has to them are just art they are art yeah i love that they never play the generational differences as either side is dumb it's just this very earnest oh no you don't get it here let me help you yeah this is kind of funny i'm like they learn and grow and they get better as people while starting a podcast trying to solve a murder that happens in their building and uh avoiding just all kinds of awful awful uh repercussions for that Nathan yep. Lane is in maybe my favorite Nathan Lane role ever in this show. Yep. Ooh, that's a, uh, that's a tall order there. Um, I, I will say I love the the origin of this of this uh, story, which is um, so because uh, like Steve Martin kind of, like is kind of into true crime himself, or at least like just finds like the idea of people being into it interesting. So he had this. <laughs> idea of like well these two old men want to solve murders but they're old so they don't want to go anywhere so it's no they only solve murders in their building yeah <laughs> and that was the original and then and then he's telling telling this story this idea to martin short a couple of years ago and then he's like well, steve we could do that we're old now <laughs> yeah it's apparently something that martin sat on for a while steve martin sat on for a while and originally it was going to be three older men but then once it got sort of dusted off again they brought in selena gomez which i cannot imagine it any other way yeah it's no yeah like that addition breathes so much life into it uh wait what if it had been a follow-up to three men and a baby and three men in a in a Little and it would have been that, so it would have had Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and um, uh, Tom Selleck. I am sure that they could come play play bit parts if they want. Um, all right, what I'm about to say is a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear the case for why this is the best Nathan Lane role ever, jump forward just like 15 seconds. JD, Nathan Lane, 
is a villain. Also, they spend a non-zero amount of the first season convinced that their neighbor Sting is a murderer. Yep. There is an episode called Sting in which they try to do a sting on Sting. Yep, they do. Uh, also, Tina Fey is in this as uh, oh. essentially as a as, uh, as a parody of uh, the uh, oh shit, I forget the name of the Serial? Uh, Serial, yes, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Uh, as the parody of the host of Serial. Um, I still don't know what that is. It's a how true crime podcast. You, how the hell did you miss that? It was literally for like three years the number one podcast in the world. Because I only started listening to podcasts with the Infinity Podcast. I never listened to it either. Um, all right, I've got one other thing. Um, anyone else got anything else? I guess since I had this opportunity, I'll go ahead and say everyone go to HBO Max and watch Infinity Train. That should not have ended after four seasons. It Infinity been Train more is like, so good. It should have been like nine seasons. And like they had more ideas of what they wanted to do because they were going to tackle like like we're going to tackle one theme every season. Yeah. And 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 like I love the concept of of like we introduce the supporting character in this season and then next season they're the main character. Yeah. Like they, and they kept doing that over and I'm like and they just unceremoniously canceled it because because like oh it's too it's it seems too dark for kids and it's like have you watched kids shows have you like, existed what? in the twenty twenties like have you did you exist in the early two thousands do you remember Courage the Cowardly Dog and Billy and Mandy yes fondly. how about Don Blues bullshit all of it all of it all right uh my last thing is a podcast. Mm. Oh. Uh, it is a podcast that admittedly one of my best friends is on but you know what it has become one of if not my favorite actual play podcasts that I listen to mm. it is called Horizons Point allegedly a D&D podcast <laughs> <laughs> I love the allegedly yes um, I think they're at allegedly pod on Twitter um, it is just so much fun and it can be high stakes and it can be tense in moments but like that's always earned and it's never never just for the goof although there are lots of goofs and it is legitimately hilarious um i don't know anyone else on the show but they are all incredible and do a great job and cannot recommend it enough if you are a person who enjoys D or D podcasts or just thinks you might check it out awesome all right last call anything else that is I, it oh yeah I, no, go for it well no i would just say it. i'm i'm I've, I've never really been one for this myself because like it's hard and this is also the issue with award shows is like it's hard to remember the full year like that's why shit gets released in october november for award season oh yeah no for real um there's a lot of good shit <laughs> there is and on that note that is it if you have noticed brian has been quiet it is because he had to step away 40 minutes ago for a work thing um because brian's life involves work at 11 p.m on a sunday night thus is the life of it professionals um that is it we've already pre-recorded the outro so we're gonna put it in here now i'm alex i'm brian 
I'm JD. And I am Angela Bones Bullock. That's been our best. And uh, go read comics. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.